Lots of fun there and lots of fun here. Let's talk some money and politics. We have Monica Crowley, former Assistant Secretary of the Treasury, an author, political columnist. Steve Moore, Vice President of Freedom Works, Committee to Unleash Prosperity. And he has a new book out, GovZilla, How the Relentless Growth of Government is Devouring Our Economy and Our Freedom. Okay. Um, somebody told me Steve Moore has to leave early to prepare for his show. What a terrible excuse that is. I mean, this is the preparation for your show. <laughs> I just need to get up one minute before your show ends. <laughs> and Monica Crowley, thank you for pitching in today. I felt guilty because we didn't give you enough time on TV. So we want to take it. We love Monica. We love It's so Monica. nice to be on with two of my favorite guys. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you say that to all the guys, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to talk a bit about some of the themes in the Republican Governors uh, Association, mm-hmm. the RGA meeting that we were at, um, because very, very interesting stuff. Steve, I'll begin with you. Uh, the theme of federalism. So you've got all these left-wing radical Democrats running Washington, but yep. it's a much different story in the states, particularly the Republican red states. Yep. Um, Biden wants to raise taxes, but the governors are cutting taxes. Biden wants to control the schools and shut them down. Yep. But um, Doug Ducey, for example, the Arizona governor, um, has come up with a tremendous school choice yep. uh, <clears throat> plan. <clears throat> Excuse me. If one day of school is closed, uh, he will provide a voucher and school choice which is terrific reforms. And I think, you know, these are very important harbingers of the future. As the cavalry, you know, is on the way and the likelihood of sweeping the midterms for the Republican Party, the states are the laboratories of democracy, Steve, and we may see some very positive policies to replace the socialism in Washington. Yeah, and by the way, you did a great job yesterday at the RJ meeting uh, with Governor Stitt and I love the uh, South Carolina McMa- what's yeah. his name? McMa- McMaster. <laughs> He's terrific. <laughs> he was great. And, and uh, I forget the other. Lee, uh, Lee from Tennessee. And he's fantastic. And by the yeah. way, the, the, the real um, source of talent in the Republican Party is in the governor's mansions. Yeah. He's got, we have at 10 or 12 fantastic, you know, really fantastic governors. And everyone knows about Ron DeSantis, so I'm not going to talk about him. But, you know, Lee's been great in Tennessee. Abbott's great in uh, in, uh, Texas. And you're right. I love what Doug Ducey is doing. Basically, what he's saying is if a school shuts down, a school district shuts down, either for reasons of COVID or teacher strikes or whatever it might be, he he would immediately give vouchers to those parents. So they can go to a school that's open. Now, how can liberals be against that? I mean, we want kids to be educated, right? And so uh, I love that. Uh, we need to get every governor, Republican governor, to do it. Uh, they're ba- just, I'll just summarize by saying the Republican governors are cutting taxes. They did not shut down their economies like the blue state governors did. They are offering school choice. They are drill, baby, drill. They're doing all of the right things. It's very exciting. That's why, by the way, Biden wants to federal. You're so right, Larry. Biden wants to federalize everything so that states don't make these decisions. The federal government does. And the governors say, no, give us the power. We know what's best for Texas or Tennessee or, or uh, you know, whatever state it might be. Yeah, it's a very important trend and deserves a lot more attention, which we will give it, is, you know, socialism in Washington 
but we have free enterprise capitalism and uh, education reform out in the yep. states. And that's how these things change. You know, that's how that you, you change. It'll percolate uh, upwards. But, Monica, I wanted to say, uh, to catch on one point, Steve said that, you know, how can liberals oppose school choice and vouchers? Well, I don't know, Monica. The liberal left radical, I, I mean, I'm thinking teachers unions and critical race theories and white supremacy and divide racially in the classrooms. I mean, I think liberals won't like what Doug Ducey is, is promoting in Arizona. Absolutely not. Remember, we used to say that the states were the laboratories for democracy because what governors and state legislatures could do at the state level, which is obviously a much smaller level than the national or federal level, that they could sort of experiment policy wise to see what works, what doesn't work. But we've got to understand that we are now dealing with a Democratic Party that is all part of a revolutionary movement. So not all of them are Marxists, but where all of the energy and activism are in the Democratic Party, they are Marxists. So we're dealing with Marxist revolutionaries. And the, the, the way that they get the future is through education, it's through grabbing kids when they're young. And when you've got a public school system like we do in the United States, the teachers unions have a stranglehold on not just, you know, the the teachers and what they're doing, but the, the actual indoctrination of our children. So when Steve talks about, well, how could they be against it? They're obviously against it for their own power and control, but also for power and control over what they're teaching future generations to change the very nature of the country. This is a long-term project. It's been a long-term project for the left for a very long time. Right. And, you know, when you, you talk about or talk to like Generation Z, right, like the kids who are in their 20s, the, the fact that poll after poll of that demographic group shows that they don't have a love of America. They don't have a fundamental understanding or appreciation of American history. And for our basic pillars of freedom, individual freedom, economic liberty, they not only do they not understand it, but they, when they hear about it, they reject it. Yeah. So the yeah. long-term project education-wise is actually bearing fruit for the Marxists and the revolutionaries right now. I loved it yesterday when you had, uh, I think it was Governor McMaster of South Carolina, and you brought up the subject with the governors. Larry, by the way, so people understand, was was the host of a panel of of these three great governors. And I love McMaster. He quoted the Ninth and Tenth Amendment. Yes, yes. (laughs) Most Americans don't even know. I bet no liberals know what the Ninth and Tenth Amendments are. But I'm going to repeat it because it's one of my favorite passages of the Constitution. All powers not specifically designated to the federal government uh, reside with the states and the people. Yes, yes. It's so important. By the way, this is a Newt Gingrich theme. And Newt and I have been talking about this. Uh, and Newt is advising um, Kevin McCarthy for the House uh, Commitment to America. But this, you know, federalism is really important when you have this left wing uh, mm-hmm. governance in Washington. Mike Pence was on uh, Jesse Waters' show on Fox News, and his quote was, Joe Biden won his party's nomination, but Bernie Sanders won the party. And then, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. it's a great it's a great line from Mike. And uh, the, a couple of uh, Nixon next, Steve, don't forget Kim Reynolds, 
Flat tax you know, I mean, in Iowa. She's tremendous governor. She's fantastic. Uh, she is, yeah, she tr- is a rising star in the party. I love Christy Nome. I mean, the, the, these governors are really adopting free at market pro-capitalism reforms. It is it is a really fantastic thing to see. And, 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 and don't, is, forget, way, don't, don't forget Glenn happened. Youngkin. Yeah. Don't forget Glenn well, Youngkin, Youngkin yeah, and Winsome Sears. They're both total rock stars. And Youngkin, yeah. Youngkin is fighting the CRT in the schools. I mean, he's really fighting it. And he's given parental choice for yep. wearing you know masks in schools. Yep. So there's another lovely revolt going on. Uh, on that score, I mean, governors can be very, yeah. very powerful and influential. Uh, Monica, I want to also, um, uh, I had uh, Governor Mike Dunleavy of Alaska on the show last oh. night. I had a cup of coffee with him uh, during the RGA. And, you know, what Biden has done, Alaska is oil, okay, oil and gas. And they have closed down Anwar, closed down the Naval Reserve, closed down Willow. They've gotten so bad now, they're using something called the Antiquities Act. Get this. I think it was a Teddy Roosevelt thing or something. Antiquities Act to end commercial fishing in the Bering Sea. Uh, Commercial fishing is a gigantic part of the Alaska economy. Now, here's my point. And Dunleavy was all over this last night. He's a smart guy, another solid governor. Um, What Biden has disempowered, Monica, has disempowered America's energy and therefore disempowered America and has re-empowered Putin Russian energy and therefore their global power. That's what Biden has done. And he started within one hour of his inauguration of uh, ending the Keystone Pipeline. But he is like changing, Biden is changing the world balance of power against the United States and for Russia. Go figure. Yeah, well, this is traitorous behavior, if you ask me, um, because it so obviously tips the balance of power in the energy sector, but more broadly in the global economy, to the world's worst bad guys who are sitting atop a ton of energy reserves like Russia, like Iran, like other countries in the Middle East that are not particularly friendly to us. Um, Look, President Trump did the most extraordinary thing I've ever seen any president do single-handedly to the American economy. And we talk about tax cuts, whether it's Reagan or George W. Bush, even JFK. And we know the kind of boom that that generates. We know the kind of boom that deregulation generates. But we have not seen until President Trump the kind of boom that energy independence Hmm. generates for the United States. It's so important economically but even more important, geopolitically, because it frees us up from being at the mercy of uh, very, very hostile regimes. At the same time, what Biden is doing is when we talk about federalism, so many of these states that generate tremendous domestic energy production for the United States happen to be red states, whether you're talking about the Gulf Coast, whether you're talking about Alaska. And so what he is doing with energy, but also across the board, is trying to shut down these red states because they are all making them and the Democrats look bad because they're succeeding across the board. 
whether it's energy or mask mandates, vaccine passport, whatever it might be, the freedom that you see in the red states mm. is making the blue states and, and the federal government under Biden and the Democrats look bad. So therefore, they have to be crushed. All right. Well, the cavalry's coming. Kids, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Please stay with us. We've got uh, Monica Crowley and Steve Moore, much more. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back after a brief message. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. All right. We are back talking money and politics with Monica Crowley, former Assistant Treasury Secretary, and Steve Moore of Freedom Works and the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. And I'm going to tout his book, even though it's got a terrible title. It's called Govzilla. How the Relentless Growth of Government is Devouring Our Economy and Our Freedom. You know, the relentless growth of government, Steve Moore, and I I know I have to get you out so you can prepare for your show. Um, That was a joke. Anyway, um, Janet Yellen says that Joe Biden is really the supply sider. He's the modern supply sider because climate warming policies to end fossil fuels child tax credits and allowances and paid family leave and other entitlements. That's the way to get people, more people working and create investment and productivity in the economy. And all the supply side stuff that you have been touting for the last 40 years, like tax cuts and deregulation, doesn't really work. Didn't have a good performance. What do you make of that, Janet Yellen? <laughs> Well, I'm going to ask that, but before we leave the subject of the governors, I just want to make one uh, one last quick point. I'm going to make a prediction to you guys, okay? You ready? Republicans are going to win the governorships in Wisconsin, in Illinois, in Pennsylvania, in New York, and Connecticut in the fall Ooh. of 2022. Wow. We Actually, are to, you know what? You, terrible you... governors out of office. We're going to, I'm from Illinois, Pritzker, I call him Putzker. He's done. He's been the worst <laughs> governor. You're, you know, all these, go, no, all these blue state governors shut down their economy. They did not deal with COVID in a cogent, effective way. They killed their businesses. Uh, they, they shut down their schools. Americans all over the country are angry about that. I think we're going to see a sweep. Remember, like we saw in 1994. And, uh, and I think you're going to see Republicans taking over the state houses around the country, just as Guan Yunkin did. So you know, you let to- me tell you, you you could well be right. And he here in New York, for example, mm-hmm. you know, Monica and I stuck in New York forever. Uh, <laughs> this crime fiasco and what right. just happened. Right. And, you know, thousands of cops on Fifth Avenue for the funeral of this uh, young detective Rivera who was killed in right. a domestic violence. I mean, people are fed up with it. And I think Republicans can't take the state house in New York. And I also think you got a shot in Connecticut. I do. I I like what you said. I think it's very reasonable. Well, remember, Larry, remember, Republicans almost won the governorship in New Jersey and they got outspent, what, 20 to one there. And they still almost won. So there is something going on in this in this country. Now, just one quick thing on the supply side, you know, the idea that Biden's a supply center. The government, look, what the liberals believe is that government is the supply side of the economy, right? (laughs) And and so under that, you know, rubric, I guess it is a supply side, you know, economy we have right now. But they forget that under the biggest boom we've had in the last 50 years started under Reagan and then it continued under Trump with tax cuts and deregulation and the whole nine yards of of pro-growth policies. 
Yeah, no, and she's also predicting inflation will be two percent this year. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I'm sorry to say, uh, not only is she wrong, but she's wrecking her her whole uh, credibility. She is. Anyway, Steve, you go prepare. Monica, uh, I want to get you into your former life as a crackerjack foreign policy analyst and get your quick read on this uh, Putin, Ukraine, uh, Biden. And, you know, Antony Blinken, um, Robert O'Brien, our national security advisor in Trump administration, talked about Blinken's homework assignment where he wrote out a paper to give to Lavrov and Putin about what the United States really believes in. I mean, where's this going, Monica? Because it reads like, frankly, in, in the in the battleground of ideas and narratives, it reads like Putin is winning and we're losing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole homework assignment Blinken gave to the Russians, it's so stupid. And more importantly, it's so dangerous. It reminds me of the actual physical reset button that Secretary Hillary Clinton gave to her Russian counterpart, Lavrov, who is still the foreign minister. Um, Look, American weakness is provocative. American strength is a deterrent to the world's worst bad guys. And so when America is either weak in real terms, Larry, or weak in perception, either way doesn't really matter because America's adversaries will take full advantage of that. And when you have a weak commander-in-chief, as we do now, who is then the embodiment of America's weaknesses, you will see thugs like Putin take full advantage. Frankly, I can't blame Putin. I can't blame Xi. I can't blame the Iranian regime or Kim Jong-un or ISIS, al-Qaeda, the Taliban. They are all maximizing this moment of America's weakness, knowing that this commander-in-chief and his team will not retaliate in any Mm. meaningful kind of way. So, of course, they're going to advance to promote their own nation's interests. Of course, they're going to do that. I think on the Russia-Ukrainian border, look, if you're on the eastern frontier there, you really have a cause to worry because you know that Putin is going to seize to this moment, as he already has. And the Europeans are completely craven. They're totally cowardly, particularly the Germans that have thrown their lot in with the Russians. And now all of Eastern and and mid-Europe, is they're all completely dependent on the Russians for their energy source. So they've handed Putin an energy extortion tool on them. And now they're all, you know, at the feet of Putin. So they don't want to ally themselves with us over Ukraine's territorial integrity Mm. because they're so. 